0: Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Oh, doctor, welcome to the show, everybody. I am Brian McWilliams, your loving, adorable host, freshly shorn host, as you can see, if you're watching the video, uh, when I got my neck right here, I was shaving in the shower. I got my little buzz cutter, you know, because I ain't got a lot of the hair follicles going on up top there. So I was shaving my neck, shaving my head in the shower. And I said, oh, I missed a little spot, got in a little too close and uh, have a nice big scrape, kind of that sound of uh, blades on flesh. And if there's not a good sound that everybody loves, isn't it? Blades on your own flesh. Anyway, welcome to the show, Electric Liberty Land, episode number 239, here for your listening pleasure, and of course... You can find all the show notes at lionsofliberty.com forward slash episodes slash ELL 239. And it's going to be a short episode today, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. I have uh, a little personal issue going on here. My wife just had some surgery on her wrist as well as her hip. So she is not able to help out with the heavy lifting for my daughter, who is young and rambunctious and wants to be picked up and needs to be chased and needs to be changed because she is but a wee one. And of course, as Murphy's Law would dictate, When my wife is infirm, right, she needs help. So I have to help take care of her, although she's up and about now a little bit more, which is great. But as I need to help take care of her, my kid comes down with some sort of virus. She's got hand, foot, and mouth, you know, so your feet are hurting. Now she's just puking, just spewing, you know, curdled milk everywhere like it's some sort of, Yak centric celebration in the Himalayas, you know, the local people who drink curdled yak's milk and then vomit it all over the places in order to celebrate a marriage. Except this time, my daughter was celebrating me getting a new carpet because I had to throw out the living room carpet, which was disgusting. So, that being said, I am, oh, good. And I'm being, am I being interrupted right now by my wife? Is the baby awake? Wonderful. Awesome. Well, there we go. What a fun time this is, everybody, right when I start to record the podcast. Well, I guess we'll take a little break and we'll come back in a moment. If you if my wife's head would poke back around the door. Yes. Go away. So there you go. That's my life right now. So this is going to be a short episode. I'll finish this little intro and uh, a little slice of life right there for you uh, in the way I've been living right now. But... Before I take this little break, I will tell you real quick about a new sponsor vows Paloma Verde CBD. And they've just come on. It's basically if you're, if you like CBD and who doesn't like CBD, right? It's got all of what you need to make you feel better, make your bones feel better. I know I need it. Uh, I've got, there you go. I'm sharing my screen right now. You can see Paloma Verde. They have a fantastic tincture that you could put on. They've got or sorry, the salve you can put on. It's kind of like minty. It's going to relieve your muscle stress. You know, I was talking about having a little bit of a bum knee situation going on there. I'm going to rub some of my wife's healing wrist when that gets all better. But um, yeah, brand new sponsor. Check them out and you can get $25 or excuse me, 25% off a purchase of $75 or more. Go to palomaverdecbd.com. I'm going to spell that for you. P-A-L- O-M-A-V-E-R-D cbd.com free shipping on all the orders as you can see on the screen here Uh, check them out support the show help us keep putting out this awesome content and of course join our patreon mark is doing debate month this week he just had ace archist and brad palumbo debate uh, whether or not political violence is ever uh acceptable and from what i heard it kind of diverged into an interesting minarchist versus anarchist debate as things often do but you can join as little as $5 a month or at 25 bucks, you can jump on, get involved with our Mufasa calls. We do those once a month. We do hangouts with all of our people on that level. $50, you actually get to produce a show here on Lions of Liberty. It'll take you a couple months to get to uh, to uh your turn. But then you get to choose a topic, get to choose a movie review, tell us what to review, and we're on it for you. And $100 level, that's where you start getting some of the perks like little ad mentions here and there. Uh We work your product into the show, your podcast, wherever that might be. But you can join for as little as five bucks and you get my good morning fuckhead rants, which are fantastic. And it's been kind of a running diary. It's a a little bit of a joke now because every morning is something new and horrible for me. (laughs) That's right now. I did fix my fucking refrigerator this morning. though. Okay, so let me take a quick break here. I'm going to cut. You guys will barely notice it. I'll just do a little segue when I come back. We'll get into the show. I want to talk about how the left is lazy. Be right back with you after I do something with this baby. Okay, (laughs) we're back. All right, so as I mentioned, coming back in the show here, uh, I want to talk about how the left is lazy and or being left is lazy, essentially. And this is something I tied into a a little talk that I'd given at the Libertarian Convention here in Los Angeles. I did a few different topics in that talk, but I want to key in on this topic for a little bit on today's show, especially since it's going to be a little bit of a shorter show. So I'm just going to riff on this and then uh, talk a little bit about uh, my dad being censored on Facebook, which is kind of funny in its own right, uh, considering the fact that he's a 72-year-old man, and uh, also get into a little bit of Joe Biden just being completely uh, irrelevant to most people, it seems, and also his pick for the ATF being a complete psychopath, uh, just gun-hating lunatic who doesn't hide his derision for people that light guns, want guns, think guns are important uh, to our life, our liberty, etc. So getting into this, let's talk a little bit about how left is lazy because I think this is something that we need to really drive home and start to make a real cultural strike point for our messaging, right? So, and this isn't just for talking right now like I am on the podcast. This is in memeing. You meme lords out there. You edgelords, you're out there. You know, the, the, not only the Jeremy Coffin lords, but everybody. The Pete Quinones of the world. Um, the punk rock libertarians. And actually, I'll give them credit. Um, I just saw they had posted something similar to what I'm going to talk about here. And I don't know if they created this meme, but it was about punk rock. And it's got this girl standing up and saying, you know, you can't be punk rock if you go along with and agree with all of the mainstream narratives, all of the uh, current pop culture narratives, all of the film and entertainment narratives, all of the political narratives. Like these things are important to point out. And that is why we need to drive home. Left is lazy, right? And all of our, I mean, comedy is something the libertarians should be owning. Right. We have the the strongest moral high ground with which to judge these people on both sides. And also we are untethered to either of these dogmas on the left or the right. Right. So using satire, using that force of comedy to point out the absurdity and deride it is a very potent weapon. And if we found one thing that was pertinent, we know the left cannot laugh at itself. So you provide a kind of conundrum for these people, wherein they're stuck thinking that's so funny, thinking they're so clever, but then they're caught in this logical fallacy of pointing out that they are not on the edge of culture, right? If people on the left especially like to think that they're on the bleeding edge of what is cool, what is hip, what is funny, what is unique, but we need to point out that they are not, right? Because what they're doing isn't quote-unquote resisting, right? It isn't hashtag resisting movement I mean, it was laughable during the Trump era when all of these people were calling themselves resistance fighters because they dared to put hashtag resist or a blue wave in their Twitter profiles. Yet they went along with 95 percent of the reporting. And of course, the other five percent, they said, oh, that's Fox News. That's conspiracy talk we need to ignore. But in a broader cultural sense, I think we have an opportunity, right, to get in front of this and reach and change the culture, which is what I want to focus on. And really, I think is going to be a large part of the show going forward. But how do we how do we force the culture to change? How do we force the culture to adopt a libertarian way of thinking or a free market way of thinking and reject what has become the dogma of the day, a.k.a. woke progressivism? Now, you're already seeing some of this. Some of the younger generation are outright rejecting what they see as the race baiting nonsense of the left. They're outright rejecting uh, critical race theory. Not everybody, mind you, but a lot of them are rejecting it. Now, is it simply because they find that you know, like any generational thing, you tend to rebel against the generation before you? You know, the hippies rebelled against the uh, the baby boomers, and the baby boomers—it's like whatever your parents did you want to try to be different. You think that you can be better. You think that you can improve on the world. You think that whatever they foisted upon you has to be wrong. And we can play into that, right? We need to kind of build upon that, reverberate on it so that it becomes this cacophony of sound that's berating this younger generation and the current generation into reviewing how they view the world and how they view themselves. Because the ego is a very powerful thing. We've seen how the ego has dictated people's reactions to COVID, people's reactions to Trump. I've talked about how it is vitally important for the empire and for the left to continue to demonize Donald Trump and all of his followers and say that they're conspiracy uh, you know, nuts and lunatics and rioters and a danger and white supremacists. Because if they don't, it means that everything they've done to these people, all of the deplatforming, which goes against basic liberal values of free speech, all of that deplatforming, Makes them into bad people, right? They've gone against their core beliefs to attack people because they were convinced that these people were a danger to society at large, a danger to what we hold dear, right? A danger to liberal society. So we have to break the laws of liberal society in order to cancel these people for the greater good, right? That's what they've been telling themselves that this had to be done. Same thing with COVID, same thing with the lockdowns. They've convinced themselves that the lockdowns had to be done, that there was no other, op- no other alternative, there was no other option, and that we were doing this for the greater good because we had to save people's lives. Otherwise, millions would die, right? We have to lock people in the houses. Otherwise, millions will die. You know, it's that old thing, do you want people to die? So they've convinced themselves that they have the moral high ground and that they the sacrifice of their liberal values was worth it. What we need to do by virtue of this, attacking the left and making sure people realize that left thinking is lazy thinking. We need to convince these people by pointing out the logical fallacies, pointing out that you cannot be a rebel. You cannot be a resistor. You cannot be a firebrand. You cannot be a a groundbreaking philosopher in any way if you are literally living within the confines that have been built up from left media, left education, and the overall consensus of 90% of what you read and hear and look at. I mean, that just basically is a logical fallacy within people's minds. When you say that you're fighting the revolution and you look around and everyone's agreeing with you, you're not fighting anything. You aren't the revolution. You are the evil empire now. It's like it's like if you were a stormtrooper in Star Wars, marching along with all the other stormtroopers and going, hashtag resist. <laughs> it's ridiculous ridiculous so we need to point out to these people that if anything left is lazy it is the easiest path you're just floating along there's no resistance to you if you're leftward and I've thought about this in my own career and started writing this concern right because I'm a screenwriter I've tried to get you know my, my films out there my sitcoms out there and I eschew that woke ideology, right? I don't like to write it. I don't like to cater to it. I don't want to build in and uh, do the check marks that I know, I know will help me. Trust me, if I wrote a story about a transsexual lesbian who saves dogs and finds herself, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a funny name, <laughs> and finds herself running uh, a shelter because she doesn't want dogs to be killed in kill shelters. So it's called neutered, Right? That would be the name of the show. A transgender, it's, you know, a clever name, neutered, because, you know, you're you're basically uh, doing a sex change. You're not going to be able to uh, to reproduce any longer. So if I wanted to write that, right, about this black transsexual uh, former man who's now a woman and uh, is taking in dogs, I'm sure I could have a lot more success pitching that content, right? But I refuse because that is the easiest, it's the easiest content content. Uh, to go down that way, right? If I wanted to sell out completely, that's the way I would go. And these people who are writing this, who are gravitating to this, who are celebrating it, who are giving Emmys to this pap, those people have to realize that what they're doing isn't brave. It isn't stunning. It isn't original. It's like I made, I made this point before. You know, when I see an NFL female head coach or a, a female coach in the NFL, I don't celebrate it. I just don't give a shit. If I see a black astronaut... I don't celebrate it. I just don't give up flying shit because that seems to be the natural progression of things. Why would I not think that there would be a black astronaut? Why would I not think that eventually there'd be a female coach in the NFL? I'm not even saying that I think a female coach in the NFL is a great idea. I think in truth, it might be a bad idea because she might be undermined by just the general masculinity of the room and people kind of rolling their eyes at her so they may not try as hard. But still, if she's good at her job, I expect that to happen at some point. You know, it doesn't stun me, which is why, again, this left thinking, thinking that this is so groundbreaking that we have to stop the world to celebrate this is not brave. It is not revolutionary. It's simply going along with the national progression. It's going along with the stream. It's the path of least resistance. These people who are hashtag resisting are, in fact, taking the path of least resistance, the easiest path available to them because they don't want to stick their heads up. And volunteer to think differently. They don't want to radically think of a different way in which the world could work. They don't want to radically go against the norms that have been out there, be they comedy norms, which, of course, comedy is in one of the lowest states has ever been right now. They don't want to go against comedy norms. They don't want to go against cultural norms. They don't want to voice, even if they believe it in their hearts, they don't want to voice any opposition to what's going on today because they might get hammered down. And if they get hammered down, well, they're right back where they were in the first place, right? Going along with the flow. So why would they want to risk it? But yet these people view themselves as part of this grand movement, this grand, uh, I don't know, revitalization of the world. And in the meantime, we're seeing blander and blander and blander content come up because people are adverse to risk. We see this happen with the guy who directed the Joker movie. He literally gave up doing comedy because he said, it's not worth it anymore for me. You can't have comedy in this context. People won't watch it. They'll, they'll shout you down. They'll try to cancel you because you're making a joke that they don't agree with. Is that brave to say that one of the greatest, this is the guy he drove, he directed The Hangover. You know, he directed, uh, I think, Wedding Crashers, or, or actually, I think it was Old School. And now he's making groundbreaking works with Joker, which the left tried to cancel as well, if you recall. Joker, a really fascinating character study, right? A great movie. The left tried to cancel that too because they said it was dog whistling to the alt-right. Nothing in that movie was dog whistling to the (laughs) alt-right. But these people who are so brave and revolutionary can't admit that. They can't believe it. They'd rather view themselves as the revolutionaries. I don't know, uh, revolutionaries all screaming in unison. You're not a revolutionary if you're part of the choir singing for the destruction of your enemies. You're simply a soldier doing the bidding of someone else, doing the bidding of the empire. And that's what we need to make these people realize, that left is the laziest possible way of thinking, the laziest possible way of being. The most cowardly way of living is to be a progressive in America or in the UK or any of these uh, these first world nations today. You are, in fact, the biggest cowards for simply going along with every single thing that's happened unquestioningly and, to a larger extent, being the foot soldiers, the useful idiots for the grander beings out there that are trying to simply make this about power, prestige, keep the empire growing, keep their power strangulation on the narrative. I mean, if anything else, you just point out to them that if you agree With 90% of what the mainstream media is saying, you are without a doubt wrong. You are without a doubt a lazy thinker because we've seen how often the media is wrong. We see how often the media lies us into wars, lies us into murder, lies us into trillions wasted, lies us into turning on each other, lies us into wasting money, eating the wrong things, buying the wrong things. you know, treating our children the wrong way, putting our lives at risk and our health at risk with bad advice year after year, decade after decade. And yet these people agree with 99% of what's being said. You are not a clever thinker. You're not a next level philosopher. You're not brave. You're not unique. You are simply a cog in the machine. And you are lazy and being left is lazy. So there you go, Uh, meme lords, get on it. Let's uh, crank them out, kids, crank them out. But I do think this is a way of of changing the culture. If we can start to form those cracks in the armor, people start to look at themselves in the mirror and go, "Fuck, you know what? I have just been going along with everything. I'm going. I believe everything I'm told. I don't question it. And maybe it's because I want to be right. Like it's that ego thing. I want to be right, so I'm going along with what." people are saying so that I sound like I'm right all the time, but that at its core goes against that belief from these creative people, these young you know, left brained people that are supposedly all progressive. That goes against that core knowledge that you cannot simply go along, believe everything you're told and go along to get along and also be this revolutionary. It doesn't work. All right. Next thing uh, I want to move on to. Oh yeah. I mentioned, uh, So I was talking about the most bland options coming out, right? And I want to talk real quickly about the Cleveland Indians changing their name. Not that the Cleveland Indians is the most clever name in the world, by the way. It's not. (laughs) It's it's definitely not. You know, it's funny. If the Indians weren't already a name that was taken... I would probably make the same comment I'm about to make about their new name, the new moniker of the Guardians, being that it is a generic name that you think would be adapted to some PC port of a real MLB game that they, uh, you know, every team's like, the Guardians, the the Super Tigers, the Dragons, you know, like XFL names, just cheesy, stupid, dump, generic garbage. Not like the you're, you're Philadelphia Phillies, go Phillies. <laughs> Not exactly cleverest name, but it's fun to say. But the Cleveland Indians changed their name. And of course, this comes because the woke left has attacked the Indians for taking, you know, these, these poor Native American people and uh, and slapping them on a, a logo. And, you know, they already got rid of Chief Wahoo, which was the, I don't know, some would argue racist cartoon mascot that was an Indian chief's head. So they got rid of him. Fair enough. But now they've changed the name. And after, and I didn't even know they were going to do this. this I think this kind of gobsmacked and took a lot of people by surprise in Cleveland. But they announced the new name. The Cleveland Guardians. Again, uninspiring, boring, bland, and I think stupid. It's a very generic name. Now, I've been told that the Guardians... Actually stands for or has some resonance with some people in Cleveland who know what the fuck they're talking about. I can tell you Rico's from Cleveland and I don't think he had any clue what they were talking about with this new name. And I know a lot of people aren't happy about it and they're not happy about the logo, which I called the flying G spots because it's a G with wings. It's fucking stupid looking and they should be embarrassed about it. But the point I was going to make is they have this thing. They say it's tied into the guardians of transit, right? It's like, I guess there's a a bus guardian. And there's a train guardian, <laughs> and I guess there's a guardian of I don't know fucking hover rounds. <laughs> they go I don't know. There's these guardians around the city. Maybe there's one for like water travel for the river that caught on fire there. So apparently, if you're from Cleveland, the guardians makes a little bit more sense to you. But I still think God, what a stupid thing. Okay, so you're named after these guardians of public transportation. Wow, go get them, boys! Way to inspire everybody but it kind of reminds me of what this end game would be for PC culture, right? For these revolutionary wokesters on the left that are too lazy to come up with anything novel on their own. So instead they tear down everything else. And inevitably what happens when you have a culture that wants to cancel, that's looking for anything to tear down, that's looking for any reason to be offended as we have currently, well, you're going to get the most bland, boring, shitty, predictable option. And that is what my opinion is what Guardians is. That is what most of what we're seeing. I'll give Seattle a credit, actually. The Seattle Kraken is a great name. Right? Their new hockey team. I'm a I'm a hockey fan, um, quasi-baseball fan, not much of a basketball fan, especially not now. But the Kraken's a great name. They're by the sea, you know. Okay, ocean monster. That's clever. That's interesting. That's something you like on a t-shirt. The Guardians, the flying G spots, give me a fucking break. But that's the result when you dumb everything down, when you take the creativity, when you when you let fear dictate the decisions you make for your company, for your brand, for your own personal lifestyle, for what you're willing to say in public, you flatten everything. It all becomes bland milk. Right? That's where society is going. That's where culture is going. We're going to a society of milk where everything tastes somewhat bland. Maybe some of it's a little sour, maybe some of it's a little sweet, depending on what the cow ate that day, but it's all just fucking milk. That's why we have to fight back against this. That's why it's so important for us to plant that seed in the culture to let these people know that this shit is lazy. This is this is the least attractive, most bland, just unpalatable option if you believe in creativity if you believe in inspiration if you believe in something bigger better something novel something that could could project what could be in the future that could that could harken into some sort of creative nexus of the universe to project out there and find the next big technology the next big art the next big comedy the next big music whatever it might be rather than this bland bullshit where we're looking to tear everything down and thus this is the inevitable result a landscape just covered in rubble, pebbles in Milky White. One more thing, and then I'll move on to some other news. Uh my dad, I mentioned my dad, and I have I would play the video for you, but my dad, you know, he was a Ron Paul guy. Then he went for Trump last cycle. Well, you know, whatever you want to do, he, he voted for Trump last cycle. But in the meantime, you know, he's gotten quite more conservative in his as he's gotten older. I remember back when I was growing up, he was more uh independent. You know, and he still is an independent thinker, but he now just has gotten, just like I have gotten, just like all of you have gotten, fed up with the left, fed up with this non-stop woke culture bullshit, the censorship, the the thought control, and of course the threatening of thought crimes, as I spoke about several episodes ago with this extremist bill, which literally, you know, they didn't make a bill, actually. As you as you recall, I pointed out that they cleverly did not make a bill in order to work with private companies to get around any sort of legal ramifications, right? So they uh, outsourced it. But we know what's happening. You see Facebook censorship. You see this extremist nonsense. You see the the kowtowing to the left and government as they work together to squash our basic First Amendment rights. So my dad created this video with his buddy, Terry Gillespie. And he was a you know, comedian way back in the day. Still, so he's known as Mr. Rubberface. So they made this video and it's just basically nothing about it is is crazy and mean. It just says, here's two white supremacists hanging out. And it's like, you know, I'm going to paraphrase here because the video got fucking taken off. So it's him, you know, my dad and his buddy hanging out watching the Supremes, you know, a black concert. And the point being that all this hoopla about uh, white supremacist or white culture or white extremists or, you know, uh, all this white blah, 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 demonization of people and saying that if you're white, you're automatically racist and you hate black people. is just nonsense. You know, it's just it's a goofy little video. It's like 15 seconds long. Point being, he posts it. Facebook blocks it the next day takes it off can't find it anywhere i went to find a message he sent me with it gone put down the memory hole no explanation just gone and remember this is not white supremacist content this is not white extremist content this is not something that's promoting people to go out and meet up and rally for the white cause this is satire it's a comedy video pointing out the absurdity of what's going on in today's culture and two, it's, I mean, you can't write it better. He should have put in Facebook censoring it in the fucking video itself because that's what happened inevitably. They proved the point of the video about how it's it's this witch hunt to go after anything that mentions certain keywords. It's instantly black flagged and put down the memory hole. It's insane. Again, this ties into my my overall point, how the left is lazy. You're not resisting anything when you are rooting and going along with the ideology that censors and puts down the memory hole anything that does not go with that one doctrine. It's fucking lazy. It is pathetic. You are not the revolution. You are the foot soldier. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this uh, this nutbag real quick. I got to play you this video. Just absolutely batshit insane. So David Chipman is Joe Biden's... Uh, Nomination ahead, the ATF, and he was on <laughs> something called Cheddar. I don't know what the fuck Cheddar is, but I guess it's a TV channel. And you will not believe what this guy had to say. Let me share the screen real quick, and you guys are going to get a delicious taste of what this man brings to uh, to your listening pleasure. Here we go. And so, in their mind, uh, they might be confident. They might think that they're diehard, ready to go. But unfortunately, they're more like tigers, and uh, they're putting themselves and their families in danger. And so, what I would suggest—this looks like a fucking rabid chipmunk, by the way. He's got these big doofusy teeth that ride up like it's. Um, I would secure that gun, locked and unloaded, and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you've stored in the cabinet. And um, you know, only bring that out if the zombies start to appear. Um, and I don't think they are and so, in their mind there you go so that's david chipman now if there's anything that would disqualify you from holding a position as powerful as that at the atf you know alcohol tobacco and firearms and have say over what americans can have as far as firearms have influence over that and be able to enforce it he can you know he can send raids into people's houses you would think that comparing them Number one, I, I don't know how he, comparing this to Tiger King, I guess because Tiger King was living outside the, the norms, outside the law. I, I don't know. Tiger King was helping people get jobs, keeping tigers. I don't know what the fuck the Tiger King reference means. But you have the guy go on and just show, he showcases this pure leftist derision of anybody that doesn't completely fall in line with guns are bad, guns are bad. Meanwhile, David Chipman, I, I, I'm i going to presume has, has, experience with firearms, right? Obviously he does. He was, oh, wasn't David Chipman part of the raid on Waco? If I'm remembering correctly. And if I'm not, and I apologize for conflating those those facts, but this fucking guy, you know, goes in. Actually, here, I'll do a quick Google. David Chipman, Chipman, Waco. Let's see what comes up. Okay, was he at the Waco? Oh, it said he's not, not a photo of David Chipman. Okay, that's what I was confusing. But, <laughs> hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah! No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. He said he made a claim about them. He was a—he was an agent for the Bureau. He, I don't know. It doesn't seem to me like it's confirmed, unfortunately. But, This guy is going out there and showcasing that pure derision that we see from the left insofar as gun owners, right? When you're talking about people, it's like he's lumping every single gun over into this one group saying that they're all rabid Tiger King like maniacs, right? Who are are, uh, doomsday prepping for the zombie apocalypse. Now, this is in context of COVID. But David, you fucking idiot, if anything, these people are not prepping their guns and getting their guns and buying ammo and all this shit because they're afraid of COVID zombies. They're doing it because they're afraid of shortages. So they're stockpiling food, which I think is stupid anyway and causes a lot of these issues, but they're stockpiling food because there were massive shortages caused by the government lockdowns that I'm sure you rooted for and ongoing supply issues, which of course the government lockdowns also led to. But on top of that, They're not stockpiling guns because they're afraid of COVID zombies. They're stockpiling guns because they're afraid that your shitty ATF and the Joe Biden uh, administration is going to try to executive order their guns away. So they are buying ammo before their state outlaws it, before your federal government gets in the way. They're buying guns that you are trying to make illegal. Well, or he will be trying to make illegal and forced with raids to try to get these illegal guns out of the hands of Americans. Even though those same Americans would have likely been completely legally compliant before they decided to randomly change the rules. And God forbid these people want to hang on to the fucking guns they purchased legally with their own money, licensed, and have in their homes, Oh, you know, we can't allow that. So let's have the ATF and go raid them. Take those guns away because God knows we need to do that on law-abiding citizens. Never mind that. I think it was uh, was on Dave Rubin's show. He was looking into how many mass murderers had uh, NRA cards. Zero. Zero. Not that the NRA is the best organization out there for gun rights, but let's just point that out. The NRA, which is demonized, which people are calling a terrorist organization on the left, the lazy left calls them a terrorist organization. Those people are not the ones who are shooting anything up, except maybe to save someone's life if there's an active shooter out there. It's fucking ridiculous. But this fucking idiot is out there comparing people who are legally purchasing guns, legally purchasing supplies, and telling them that they're somehow the psychopaths. That they have nothing to be worried about. How dare these people go and stock up? How dare these people go and think that that anything is going to be going wrong? That they have to buy guns? As he literally derides them and makes him I and mean, showcases exactly what he thinks about these people. That they should not have guns because they're crazy people. Only crazy people stockpile anything. Only crazy people would believe in these zombies. How could these people have guns? Psych evaluations all around, which is what Joe Biden wants as well. This guy's showcasing in this one this one video clip exactly why these people are doing the right thing. Just unbelievable. He, he absolutely should be disqualified. And it's sickening that he's even the nominee. It makes me fucking furious. Next, uh, just a quick funny thing. Joe Biden was on a CNN town hall. It was like half, half full at most. He had several flubs. He's just giving long-winded weirdo answers through it. But I just think it's hilarious that the president of the United States... This man who, hey, maybe he got elected, maybe he did. I'll leave it at that. But this man who supposedly got more votes than anyone else in history can't even fill a town hall for CNN. Think about that. How uninspiring must you be and we're in the middle of a, a pandemic, so we're told. We're in the middle of an economic crisis. We're in the middle of all of these massive infrastructure spending bills that are going on they are trying to push forward. We're in the middle of rampant education up overhauls that they're trying to push through. I mean, we are in the midst of quite a bit of things that you'd think the everyday person would want to know about, right? Can't even fill a town hall. The president of the United States can't fill a town hall. Goes to show you the level of enthusiasm for Joe Biden. And again, really raises the question in my mind of how this man could have possibly been elected. That's the level of enthusiasm. How how so many people could have voted for him. I don't know. Just doesn't add up. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about, the draft. The draft should be ended. I, I'm not even going to go into it because we all know that's the obvious solution. There's no way you should force people into fighting for a country, fighting for a war that they do not believe in. Let alone in our current state of affairs, the military-industrial complex. Um, there is no way anybody should be forced into fighting to enrich the pockets of bomb makers, of Raytheon, of you know Boeing, and everybody else that's that's selling our government trillions of dollars worth of war weapons that we then, of course, turn around and give to our allies or uh, are used to help murder children in Yemen or help to uh, keep the the Palestinians contained, whatever it might be. It's insulting and it's insane that it's even on the books anymore. But now the Democrats, of all people, want to force women to register for the draft. Now, this—long I time we've been saying that this is how you get rid of the draft in the first place, right? is that you force women to comply. Now, whether or not we're in it's kind of one of those funny things where it's almost a catch 22 moment where if you are a feminist you will say okay, well we want equality, right? We need to we need to be equal to men on every level and that's the argument this this democrat that's putting forth this bill to make women eligible for the draft is making. That supposedly, because only men are draftable, that somehow gets in the way of women serving in the military and achieving certain things, even though they've now removed any barriers from women serving in the military. And as I argued before, quite stupidly have lowered the level that certain physical requirements need to meet, which to me is dangerous beyond belief. I mean, if I'm in the army and I have somebody next to me that I'm depending on to be able to keep up a certain speed, to be able to carry a certain amount of weight, a certain distance, to have a certain level of endurance, which I'm sorry, men and women are biologically different. Men have much stronger, denser bones and muscles. Men are going to be able to go a little longer than women on average. If you lower the physical requirements and the person next to me now doesn't have my back because they can't keep up. They have, they're exhausted now. I get shot in the fucking head. That's a problem. So, no, get raced to the bottom here. But it's interesting to me in that the Democrats have waited, and, and the Democrats are no longer anti-war. Right? This is uh, this has long been known. They have long supported war they've rooted on all of the last wars that we've been involved with joe biden of course has been a war hawk hillary clinton massive war hawk obama massive war hawk you know got us into more arenas of war than we had previously been in virtually any president but it's interesting to see the argument being made that this is for progressive rights this is for equality right and i wonder if this is a clever timing for the military industrial complex, for the government, for the state to put forth the demand that women are draftable because they know that from a cultural standpoint, PC wokeist culture, feminist culture has gotten to the point where they have to go along with it, right? They're kind of trapped in this box where they have to support it. Even though we're saying, well, that'll get rid of the draft, right? Cause most women will say, fuck that. I'm not going off to die. I've got kids. Somebody has got to stay home with these children. And I'm sure they'd make it so you can't, you know, if you have kids, you probably can't get drafted anyway. Although men going off to to war when they had kids. But I think it's an interesting time. And I wonder if they were just waiting until the culture caught up enough for them to introduce this draft. Because they knew shit wouldn't fly before now. Something to ponder, people. I do wonder, though, if there were women in the draft. I mean, my God. Talk about, there's already reports of sexual assault in the military Right, a lot of reports of rape, a lot of reports of sexual assault on soldier on soldier within our own military. I can't think how if you start shipping a ton of women off to actual war and drafting, you're going to have not only atrocities committed on the battlefield like you see every day of just people getting shot, wounded, uh, people getting, you know, accosted in their sleep and having their, their neck slit. My worry now is that you're going to have these terrorists raping all of our soldiers, terror rapists, if you will. And, you know, if you're a woman, that's an extra level of fear. If I'm a man out there, okay, I might get shot, right? I might get captured. I might get tortured. I probably probably try to kill myself before that happened. But you might get caught, you might get tortured, but you're probably not going to get raped, right? The odds of you becoming a sex slave to be raped over and over and over again by terrorist cell, probably fairly minimal. If you're a woman soldier, I'd say that's probably high likelihood. High, high, high likelihood. If the terrorists capture you, that that's going to be your fate. So, I don't know, chicks. I would not be uh, be itching to jump into that fire pit if I were you. And then, the last thing to wrap it up. Like I said, it's going to be a short episode, guys. Apologies for that, but I just uh, I I don't know what the fuck the NFL is thinking. If they're trying to drive away their fan base, if they're trying to make people pissed off, it's like you see what happened with the NBA. The NBA went super woke. Their ratings tanked. I think they were down by fifty percent this year. Tanked because they had Black Lives Matter fucking bullshit all over the court. You had players marching off, refusing to play over that, that goddamn you know sexual assault rapist who got shot. Uh, was it Philandro Castile or am I making that up? It might have been another guy. I don't want to. I don't want to throw the name out. It wasn't Philandro Castile. Apologies to Philandro, but it was one of these guys, uh, Armin. He was the one who had a restraining order. His his girlfriend had called the police because he was in her trying to get into her her apartment to sexually assault her, which he had done in the past. And the guy gets shot trying to get into his car through five tasers and reach for a knife. And the cops shot him in the back. I would say if there's a time that it's warranted, that's the time it's warranted. But, of course, when this news broke, before any of the facts came out, all these fucking asshole NBA players marched off the court. Because, oh, you know, Black Lives Matter. Oh, this is obviously a wrongful shooting. People stopped watching. I stopped watching. I don't like basketball. I watched, I watched, I think, three playoff games. The Sixers win at the very end. And even that, I was like, I'm over it. But the NBA realized this is a bad move. So they got rid of all the crap on the court. They told the players, all right, no more stupid sayings on the back of your jerseys like they had. Next season, none of that crap's happening. They already announced it. They already put out a press release saying none of that crap's happening again. We're hoping that people will come back. The NFL clearly didn't read that press release and clearly didn't get the memo Or they're just so blatantly blind, stupid and lazy because, you know, left thinking is lazy to go along with this crap that they have now doubled down on it. And they're going to play the Black National Anthem, lift every voice and sing before every game of the 2021 to 22 season. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. Without black players, there'd be no NFL. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality of an oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. So there you go. So they're going to drive this shit home. And the NFL's ratings were already going down. I can assure you that they're going to keep going down. This is a move that's going to piss people off. Now, they might not air it. I'm I'm actually guessing that they won't air it. If they were smart, they would. Because it's going to piss people off. But I just don't understand why you would do this now, after this movement has passed, after 80% of the country now views Black Lives Matter's uh, mission and goals and what they've done. Maybe they agree with the overall concept that has originated. But now 80% of the country views this Marxist bullshit, the blackmail, which they've done. By the way, Black Lives Matters blackmailing. People in a Dallas neighborhood, white kid, white people in a Dallas neighborhood, to make them sign a sheet that says they will not send their kids to private school or to a top 50 college because that should go to a black kid. And they say that they're, they're going to publicly shame and release the names of anybody who doesn't sign this list. That's called blackmail, Black Lives Matter mail, if <laughs> you will. But most people aren't going along with this. Most people don't like them anymore. Most people have a very negative association. So. The NFL decides now is the time to double down on this shit. Just fucking stupid, man. Just uh, uh, mind-bogglingly stupid from a public relations and marketing standpoint. All right, that's going to do it, guys. I want to remind you at the end of the show, do check out Burning Daylight for Matt McKinley, a buddy of ours. We just saw him actually last night he's a longtime supporter, but he's got an awesome show wherein he is uh, literally a cowboy. He is riding around on a horse. He is getting cattle in. He's getting them in, getting them out. He's talking to other cowpokes on the range, doing his podcast, uh, sometimes literally on horseback. The first episodes I listened to, he was literally on horseback doing his podcast. It is one of the most unique podcasts you're going to find out there. So make sure to tune into him, a good man, a good libertarian, and a fun listen. And also... Check out Mark Clear on Mondays. As I said, it's going to be de- debate month coming up. Now, if you joined our Patreon, you could have already seen the live stream video of Brad Palumbo and a Mark is also going to be debating Eric Brakey coming up. I believe that's going to be recording tomorrow live, but you have to be in the Patreon in the pride to see that. Patreon.com forward slash lions of Liberty. Join up, get all the bonus content we offer there. Uh, of course, John Odermat, finding freedom coming up tomorrow. Don't miss him. and, Guys, check out this sweet T-shirt. Oh, it's got, I'm doing crazy stuff. My green screen's got craziness going on here. But look at that. Wax on, tax off, Mr. Miyagi. Another awesome shirt, lionsofliberty.store. And if you want an even more fun shirt that was too hot for Lions of Liberty, at least according to my dickhead business partners, you can get a shirt that I made myself, I'll put this in the show notes. You can find the link. It's electric Hamland store and it's bare bones. Cause I'm only selling this one shirt. We'll see. I might, I might build out a full store as I uh, develop more t-shirt ideas, but it's a fantastic shirt that says thrust the experts because I'm sick. I'm sure you are. I'm sick of hearing people tell me I need to trust the fucking experts. These assholes that have lied to us that we have confirmed lie to us over and over again. Uh, in addition to the vaccines mass herd immunity, all this shit. So thrust the experts. It's a funny shirt with a, a doctor getting a needle thrusted somewhere. So check that out again. I'll put that in the show notes. Otherwise, guys, thank you. Share the show if you would be so kind. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and anywhere else you're listening. Tell a friend. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, man, just post about us. Tell people uh, to listen in because we're working hard for you. All right. Don't be lazy, you dicks. (laughs) All right, guys, for me, Brian McWilliams, from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged into Liberty.